Hello and welcome to the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. Each week we will share with you our thoughts and opinions about our modern mythologies. Such as film, TV, music, comics, gaming, and more. I am your host, Brian, a comic book nerd who thinks of himself as a low-level superhero. And I'm your anti-host, Tony, a movie buff with an unhealthy obsession for overanalyzing anything and everything. And when we're not fighting crime, we're podcasting. Let's get it started. Boom! Boom. Welcome back to another power-packed podcast brought to you by Soy Cat Candles. They're 100% soy and 100% paw-some. There's no better candle I'd light my dojo with. In today's show, we're going to strike first, strike hard, and take no mercy. That's right, friends. We're going to be diving deep into the Miyagi-verse. Put those geese on and tie those headbands on tight because we're going to be talking about the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. This is the Knowledge of Nothing Podcast, episode 11. Bonsai! To avoid spoilers for Cobra Kai season three, skip to 3308. Being an 80s kid, I grew up watching the Karate Kid movies. Every kid that I knew on my uh, street wanted to sign up for karate, do karate, practice crane kicks. We thought we were ninjas without a lesson. And I just remember thinking that if we just waxed some cars and sanded some boards, we would be ninja masters. <laughs> Don't even yes, remember yeah. the 80s like that. Everything uh, was karate in the 80s. It just, yeah, it you know, really was. I mean, Chuck uh, you, Norris, you know, Karate Kid. Every show had karate theme to it. Bruce Lee was huge. And the Karate Kid movies was just like such a big part of growing up. It taught you discipline. It taught you not to be an asshole and a bully. And, you know, it's just like, here's this ancient mysterious mythology in thinking. And if you just learned how to defend yourself, you would be somehow like spiritually enriched. Well, all those feelings came back when you recommended to me, I should start watching the Cobra Kai series. You're welcome. I know. I know <laughs> right. you're, you're a little late to the party. I was, I was, uh, you are. I, well, you know, in all fairness, I think everybody was kind of a little late to the party. I was all about it in 2018 when it was a YouTube Red, red, right? yeah, I think it was red. Is that even or something a thing like anymore? That? No, I think it's now like <laughs> just YouTube Premium. Right, but back in the day, and you're all way back in 2018. Right, <laughs> so it feels like I such a saw long time this ago. show. I know, but I I saw this show, and I fully did not expect it to be as good as it was. You recommended it to me, and you're like, I subscribe to YouTube Red, and I watched this series. It's called Cobra Kai, and do you know the Karate Kid movies? Like, what a silly question. Of course, of course I know the Karate Kid movies. But my first thought was, I'm not going to pay for another premium service yeah, I know. just for this show. But I may have, knowing how good it is now. I know. And uh, <laughs> actually, I think I waited until Cobra Kai was done for the first season. And then I signed up for the trial membership. Yeah. And I binged. I binged all of Cobra Kai. I did not expect it to be as good as it was. I kept hearing buzz that it was, and, oh, hey, that rhymed. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it was one of those things from the get-go that was charming, that had a great story. 
It kind of flipped perspectives from Johnny Lawrence to Daniel LaRusso. It just mixed it all up and it came up with this beautiful story. And I was impressed that it was as good as it was. It had no rights being that good. Totally. When you first told me about it, I grew up watching the Karate Kid movies and I loved them. Yeah, me too. I had it on a, a VHS tape back in the day. You can kind of record off of another VHS. And, you know, my dad was a whiz at that. And uh, we had this bootleg copy. And I probably watched Karate Kid, no lie, at least, at least 50 to 75 times. But, you know, when I first heard about the series from you, this was something that I enjoyed as a child. And at no point did I think that I would still enjoy it with that same type of passion as an adult. I'm like, this is something that I liked as a kid. You know, I'm not into karate anymore, you know, but I did love it back in the day. So I dragged my feet. I did not jump onto this bandwagon right away. Uh, I missed out on a lot of valuable time because this show surpassed my expectations. I did not expect it to be as good as it was. Like you said, it had no right being this good. And it gave me a different perspective on almost every character in the show. At some points, I think Daniel is an asshole. And at some points, I'm totally Team Johnny. I see it from his point of view Dude, now. And this is I what I love Johnny about the show. I am Team Johnny all the way. Right, I am me Team too. Johnny Give me that black headband. You know? <laughs> and, and, Sign and, me up. Right. I will totally be part of Eagle Fang. You know, let's do well, this. Hey, we, you're getting ahead of yourself. Because <laughs> totally I've, got some, I've got some things that I want to talk right. about. Let's talk about what we like about the show. I kind of want to know, like when you watched it uh, a couple of months ago, right? I got turned on to it last March. So in okay. 2020, and when it dropped on Netflix for the first time, the season one and two, and then once I started one show, I got my family into it right away. And yeah, so what does your we, family think? Do they, they like it too? love it. So this is my kid's first exposure into the Karate Kid Miyagi-verse. So we watched it as a family pretty quick. You know, it just took us a few days to watch both seasons. And then immediately my kids wanted to see the movies one two and three haven't shown That's them the great. hillary swank one or the uh or yeah. the jackie chan version of uh yeah Karate Kid and yet. smith even though will smith i think is like an yeah, executive he's producer, a producer. On there. so yeah. i i but in the future in future seasons and i'm getting a little ahead of myself here i think we will see the references or Hillary Swank, or she'll be someone's mother, or... Uh, but but <laughs> that's that's the beauty of this whole thing, is that there's now this universe that... Was there a, a Miyagi-verse? I mean, uh, what, what the <laughs> no. hell? How the hell do you take these characters and make this whole kind of complex MCU type of, like, engagement out of a Karate Kid movie? I, it's like, it, it bloggles my mind how they were able to do this so successfully. So I don't know if Miyagi-verse is actually a term. I actually did not come up with that. That is uh, something that I heard on another podcast. Somebody was referring to this as that. That makes total sense. And I'm like, this. if we're going to give this universe any type of name, that would be it. So Totally. There's such a rich history now with these movies and these shows that there is enough content to make this into its own little universe. Which they're already doing. I mean, and yeah. I think the first thing that really kind of attracted me about this series was you could watch it in 20 minutes. Yes. I mean, each episode was like 20, 25 minutes. I love And it was just an easy kind of binge. I mean, you didn't even feel like you were binging this. It, and it was so good that I ended up having my dad watch it. Oh, yeah. And we watched, and this was just a couple of months ago, we watched the entire first season within like two days. 
we had a good time with it. My dad loved it, and it was just, it's so easy to get through. It was just awesome. The fact that it's only like 20 to 30 minutes is a blessing and a curse. I love that fact because it keeps the, the story moving quickly, but I hate it because now I have to wait probably till like the end part of this year or even early parts of next year before I see another season. And I just want more of it. I was dreading watching the end, the last episode of season three, just for that specific reason, because you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to go there yet. I don't know if I want this to be over until next year. But knowing me, I have the uh, attention span of a gnat. I just went in and I (laughs) dove into it and I watched it and I enjoyed it. So, but we also have somebody else that has just recently binged this from season one to season three, and I think it took him maybe one or two days. Wayne, why don't you uh, why don't you ch- kind of chime in and, and let us know about your Cobra Kai journey? I was able to get through three seasons, and I'm, I'm echoing what you guys mentioned. I am so happy that they were only like about 25 minutes long because it took me a day to get through three seasons. Less than a day. I don't want to ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It though? was a great thing. No, I absolutely enjoyed it. But man, the things you do for your show. <laughs> I know we, we had all talked about this if, week. We were going to be a Cobra Kai centric episode. And Wayne, not watching one episode at all, decided to be the trooper that he is and dedicated his whole Saturday to just watching and binging all of Cobra Kai Season one through three. I'm going to correct you on that. I started watching at Saturday night. Oh, <laughs> Into- what? Seriously? Yeah. I didn't start watching until... Oh my- <laughs> yeah. So we're talking like less than 24 hours. So for our listeners, we record the show on Sundays. So Wayne sounds like he pulled an all-nighter like he used to do at school <laughs> studying for a test. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, but the things that we do for our listeners, right? I mean, Absolutely. If, totally. if our listeners ever knew the the work that goes in behind the scenes (laughs) but you know what it was totally worth it i was surprised because i really didn't really look into anything about this show besides what you guys mentioned already and so i came in really blind and i was surprised by the level of heart so yeah i was quite impressed so i can't wait to hear what you guys glean from this because as a whole i loved it can't wait to see what they do with the next season awesome but first a word from our sponsor Looking for a new year refresh? Aren't we all? Visit the Soycat Candles online store and stock up on all-natural 100% soy wax candles infused with essential oils, animal earth and human friendly. Visit www.soycatcandles.com. That's www.soycatcandles.com. Soycat Candles. 100% soy, 100% paw some. Brian, season three, let's kind of talk about that. What were your thoughts? What were some of the things that you liked, some of the things you didn't like? It's all about like the teacher and the master, right? I mean, these kids are direct correlations of what they're being taught, right? And the type of people that their mentors are. You know, you've got Miyagi-Do, which is Daniel's studio. You've got Cobra Kai, which is now John Kreese's uh, studio. And you've got Eagle Fang, uh, which is Johnny Lawrence's uh studio and the kids involved have certain personality traits that that mirror their senseis. It's so nice and refreshing because it's no longer good versus evil. There are layers to the show 
where if you were just to watch the Karate Kid movies in the 80s, Johnny Lawrence was probably one of the biggest villains that came out of my childhood. You have Darth Vader, Johnny Lawrence. You know? <laughs> Johnny Lawrence was, <laughs> right? yeah, really, he was like, Come on, there. I mean, he swept his leg. Daniel was already in pain. What a jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and even Chosen, what, who, who comes back right? in, in season three, wasn't even that. I mean, he was a bad villain, but he was not right. he that was iconic not Johnny 80s Lawrence. villain. And yeah, exactly. Johnny not Lawrence Johnny was Lawrence. the high school bully that just would not leave Daniel alone. And one of the coolest aspects of the series now is we get to see their lives after school. And Daniel is a successful car salesman. He's got a beautiful family, a beautiful home. His life's on track. And Johnny is just- An annoying AF daughter too, but we'll get into yeah. that. So, But Johnny, he's fallen on some hard times, which I would have expected being the asshole that he was kind of growing up. You know, you kind of want to see like bad things happen to bad people, you know, but then you start realizing his past and how his side of the story. And I know all three of us can relate to this saying based on our jobs. But there's three sides to every story. There's your version, their version, and then the truth. So everybody has a different take of of the same thing that happened. And to see it through another perspective, through Johnny's eyes, yeah, I can see where Daniel was kind of an antagonist a little bit. And he pushed Johnny a little bit to overreact. Johnny, let's face it, does not make good decisions all the time. But you can kind of see a little bit now where he's coming from slightly you know well yeah i mean that goes back to uh, you kind of see that up front with his stepfather mm -hmm. from the get-go right where he didn't have that father figure around so he finds that father figure in crease and crease is as we all know the villain upon villains i think he's now the iconic villain right of the 2020s already he kind of reminds me of a lot of people that i just do not stand i can't stand and he just encompasses that role so well and he uses Crease as this father figure, hoping that he's going to guide him through and take care of him and do all of this. And meanwhile, Crease could really just give a shit. Uh, he's just about himself. He's about the titles. And uh, poor Johnny. I mean, you see what happens to him after all of this is kind of said and done. Crease isn't around. He just happens to take over Cobra Kai and uh, wants to do something with it. Like you said, seeing that other side of Johnny has really kind of endeared him, I think, to all of us that watch the show. I'm a firm believer in to be a good or a bad person, that's a choice, right? Regardless of your background or how you're raised. I mean, I've known some people that have fallen onto hard times and have been just abused and just, it never seems to go their way. They always have some kind of tragedy in their life, but yet these people are still like the nicest people ever. They would give you know you the shirt off their back if you needed it. And that's a choice where some people are, were just handed everything that they've ever wanted, barely had to work for anything, and were just the most mean, awful people you would have ever met. So being good or bad is a choice. And it's not an easy choice. And, and you definitely see characteristics in everybody's development here. I like the fact that Johnny chose to mentor a kid that was just like Daniel in high school. This kid was a nerd. He was picked on. Somebody that Johnny probably would have beaten up in high school had they been in school together at the same time. But Johnny comes to his, A, this kid's a, a nerd, a weakling, and 
kind of melts Johnny's heart a little bit. You know, now that you mention that, now that you mention that, Sam is the Johnny in my eyes of <laughs> that because she is, God, I cannot stand this character. I cannot stand that she is the one that wants to instigate all of this stuff in, in three. And when it comes down to brass tacks at the golf and stuff, she sits there in absolute fear and is paralyzed by it when she is the one that told everybody that they needed to go to golf and stuff to kind of prove a point to Cobra Kai. <laughs> and she is there in fear and does absolutely nothing. I think she's worse than Johnny Lawrence was back in the day. At least Johnny had some fight in him. She cowers at that aspect of it. And she is the person that has the silver spoon in her mouth. She's the one that has everything that she has wanted. And she's still a shitty person. Sorry, I said it. There you go. Who's your favorite character on the show? Besides like Johnny and Daniel or besides any of the senseis, as far as the kids go, who's your favorite kid? That's funny that you say that because one of my favorite kids was not in this season, uh, was Aisha. I wanted to see Aisha come back, but I think the, the showrunners have already said that just because a character doesn't show up in a season, they can come back in another season. They prove that positive point by bringing in, I don't know if anybody ever caught this, but Sam's brother, Daniel's son, Anthony, is completely, is that his name? Yeah. I don't even know his name because yeah. he's that hes that insignificant, but he was gone the entire season nope. two. Nope. He was in one, he was in one scene in season three. I wrote it down as no, part no, no, of my no, notes. no, no, and say yes. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. He was gone out of season two because I was wondering where the hell is his son at? His son's nowhere to be found. He's probably off doing something somewhere, uh, getting into trouble. Who knows? And then he shows up for one scene in season three, and I'm like, wow, he just showed up out of nowhere. And he, in that scene, he was a little asshole to his sister. Well, yes, exactly. He, he's kind of always an asshole, but you know what? Sam deserves to be. Uh, so that we're way. gonna jump ahead a little bit because this is a, a good segue into one of my major prediction. Anthony, Daniel's son, is rarely seen or talked about in this series. I don't even know why the writers have him as part of the show, but knowing that, and he was only in one scene for season three, wouldn't it be great if to get his father's attention? If he joined Cobra Kai and Kreese's team. Wow. You know, yeah. I mean, because that, yeah, that, this that, kid, I mean, Daniel and his mom spent so much time on Sam and Sam's problems and Sam's issues and Sam's friends. Anthony isn't even talked about for several shows. He always has some kind of game in his hand because that's how disconnected he is. Uh, nobody... Uh, Dude, he's probably like doing pot. Or Dude, he's doing lost smack. a lot of weight. Did you? He's did you notice that? He's probably doing all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, no, but that, that's called hormones. That's called puberty. <laughs> he's hitting a growth spurt, Brian. Anyway, I mean, what better way now to get his father's attention because his dad's all about karate and now so is his mom. If he just joined Cobra Kai, and that's where I'd love to see Anthony in season four, just wearing that black and yellow cobra kai gi with that snake on it you know with the cutoff sleeves and just all of a sudden anthony's at the all valley karate tournament <laughs> going up yeah and he and robbie kind of joined forces totally. i mean yeah that's, yes. that's kind of cool that'd be awesome i can kind of see that johnny's happening. son and daniel's son together yeah <laughs> wow that would be kind of that would be kind of uh kind of cool i, I would dig that right taught by crease <laughs> now i'm gonna get a little off topic here there's one thing i cannot stand about season two and season three 
and it's not going to be what everybody thinks. It's not character-driven. It is the fact that this show is shot in Georgia, and you can tell it's shot in Georgia, and it's supposed to be the fucking valley. There is nothing, anything that screams valley to me in this. I know it's that little shit that always pisses me off, but you know what? The fact that this is filmed in Georgia, god damn Wait it. Wait a minute. It's, why do you make it look like it's fucking Georgia? What? It looks... It's I couldn't tell. The valley. How do you mean you could tell it's Georgia? I had no idea. Dude, go back and watch watch season one. Okay. Uh, Wayne, I don't even know if you even caught this, but season one looked like it was shot in the valley. There's some iconic things that are in the valley. There's palm trees. There's all this shit. And then you go to season two and season three, and it looks nothing. Nothing like Reseda. It looks like nothing like Burbank. It looks nothing like the valley at all. Wayne, did you did you happen to notice that at all? Absolutely not. I was watching on fast forward <laughs> and just to kind of get through all the episodes, so it's a bit of a blur at this point. <laughs> See, so it's the stupid. It's time always to look the at stupid shit. trees, <laughs> but it's the stupid shit like that that always bugs me. The whole time Sarah and I are watching season three, and I'm like, God damn it! When Daniel goes to Okinawa, and I'm like, Is this fucking Georgia? Or is it Okinawa? Okinawa? Is this Georgia? Or is, I think it's fucking Georgia, but I can't tell. But when it's the valley, I know good and goddamn well that it's fucking Georgia. I, I don't know why, but that just, uh, God, that pisses me off. Anyway, I digress. Brian, what else did you kind of, uh, was there anything else that really bugged you about season three? I wish we kind of got into Chris's backstory a little bit. You know, we see him at the diner as a child, or not child, you know, in high school. Uh, he's sweeping floors and he's getting picked on by a jock. And at first, you know, I know a lot of people thought that that jock was going to turn out to be Crease, but uh, yeah, I knew I, I, knew I was it, there. I knew it was the kids sweeping the floors, being picked on. Something in me just like, nope, that's him right there. So this is very minor, but in the episode where he has to go up against his captain and fight to the death over the snake pit, which, by the way, didn't have cobras in it. Come on. The soldiers in the other camp to either be chanting Cobra Kai or so, or just Cobra, Cobra, you know, knowing what's about to happen. I'm like, what a big tie-in. That would have been huge. But no, they're pythons <laughs> down there. Okay, whatever. But before they go on to this secret, almost like Black Ops mission, the captain has given this letter in a red envelope about somebody in a in Johnny's family, they're next to kin. Something happened. And I know, Tony, you're in the military, and I know my whole family has been in the military, every branch of the military. They don't give you letters for girlfriends, right? They only give you letters yeah, know, for next of kin. I immediately thought that this wasn't about a dead girlfriend because I don't think that yeah. they would care or he'd even get a letter for that. But if the girlfriend either had a baby, now... He has an next to kin or something happened to Crease's mom. And, you know, either she went crazy and committed harm to herself. It's unclear at this point, but there's something on that letter that we don't know. And I don't think the captain was being truthful. If it's Crease's girlfriend having a baby, I'm thinking maybe that baby turned out to be Tori's mom. Maybe that's why he's uh, kind of protective over her a little bit with the uh, landlord of the of the super. Boy, dude, I thought I overthought things, man. I have not. I just he came in and kind of saved the day for her. She's had a, a rough life. Her mom is going through some kind of illness. Uh, she's taking care of her brother, and 
he kind of shows up and plays it off like, I want you part of my team, blah, blah, blah. But I, that, to me, that, that falls into Kreese's kind of character. He takes these people that are right. strong people. He knows that they're going to kick ass. Right. And he takes advantage and he uses them. But he didn't also just go in and go, hey, let me take care of this landlord, this scumbag who's trying to take advantage of this girl. He does it kind of like in the whole hero fashion. He does it secretly and doesn't look for praise. It's just taken care of. And he wants this guy off her back, you know, to leave the family alone. And in some kind of weird way, I kind of respected that a little bit. Like he's being protective. And I didn't see it as he's being protective of his student. I saw that he's being protective over somebody in his family. Wow. That's kind of deep. You know, Brian, I think you're overthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite possible. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's so nice to hear that. It's so nice to hear that about somebody else besides me. I just thought it was a convenient plot device when it's like, oh, hey. hey it can have more than one meaning. How often do TV shows slash movies be actually accurate about those things? That's true. That is That's so true. true. And especially when it comes to military stuff. Yeah. yeah. Come on. We just watched Wonder Woman. We There's a lot of convenient <laughs> things happening in that film. Why oh, not? yeah, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up, Wayne. Yeah, I hope I get Steve Trevor's consciousness next. <laughs> okay, before we kind of move on, one thing I want to touch base on about season three, I loved, uh, and they kind of teased it at the end of season two, was Elizabeth Shoes' return as Allie. And to see that kind of come through in season three, I mean, they kind of teased that they were going to go with this relationship with her and Johnny. But it then turned into something completely different. And that is what I loved about this show is that it takes things that you think are going to happen and it spins it on its head and makes you think about something else in a different aspect. They do that kind of with Chosen back in Okinawa. But with Allie, the fact that they kind of tease that her and Johnny might get back together, they kind of almost go in for a kiss, uh, but they don't. And then they end up seeing each other at this party and that party scene was just classic to me because I could see Sarah being Daniel LaRusso's wife in this whole situation where she wants to hear the dirt on everybody. You know, oh, you dated him and you dated him? Oh, let's talk, honey. I want to hear the whole gambit. And it just really kind of emphasizes how stupid and immature you are at that age, right? When you're hearing it from somebody else's point of view, it makes you think, oh my God, I was so petty as a kid. How dumb. The fact that she then makes them see that they are more similar than they are different, that was so refreshing to me. And it kind of really kind of kicked that whole episode into the finale of that, Brian. Yeah, I love the fact that she comes right off the bat and says, oh, did they talk about their competing dojos? It just makes it sound so <laughs> stupid for two grown exactly. men to be exactly. <laughs> do this. And that's where you're, the women in our lives right. are that way. If they see something that is just so asinine, right. they're not afraid to bring it to anybody else's attention and just say, you know what? Yeah. Did they talk about their dojos? Right. When, oh, <laughs> when you say it out loud, it does kind of sound stupid. <laughs> yeah, it does. It sounds exact. It sounds so ridiculous and so stupid. And just imagine and like, you know, Sarah sitting down talking to one of my ex-girlfriends from high school. Oh my God, I would be so mortified. But at the same time, it would make me realize just how stupid and immature I was at that age. <laughs> I love Daniel's wife. What a great character because she is kind of the, the sense of reason of the series. 
for the most part, she kind of went off the hinges a little bit in season three. But for the most part, she's been kind of the grounding rod for everybody. You know, she's developed, I don't know if I'd call it a friendship with Johnny Lawrence, but she knows of him. They respect each other. She kind of keeps Daniel on track. You know, she's there for the kids. We've gone through three seasons now of Johnny talking about Allie every once in a while, either to Miguel or to Daniel, and how he misses her. She was the one. She was the cause of a lot of Johnny's anger towards Daniel back in the 80s. So when she finally shows up, he had just formed a relationship with Carmen, uh, Miguel's mom. And you're thinking, oh, my gosh, finally something is happening good for Johnny, and now he's going to mess it up. It was kind of a redeeming quality to realize that he didn't. And I liked the fact that the writers decided not to take it that way. Yeah, I did too. And that was something that I kind of appreciated about that fact. I mean, there were so many great moments about this past season. But all in all, it really, I say this time and time again, it really came back to the story and how you can kind of take these things that you think are going to happen and spin them on their head a little bit and make you see things from a different perspective. Again, I loved this season. I cannot wait for season four. And Wayne, just overall, before we, we kind of end this, you sat and watched You sat and watched it right. within 12 hours. Wayne, it's I mean, fresh. what are your thoughts? <laughs> it's fresh to you. Me, I kind of had to think about this over three years. So, Wayne, what, what were your thoughts? I loved that when Daniel went to Japan. I love that episode a lot. And just the moments where... You mean Georgia? <laughs> hey, that one actually looked legit to me for the most part. But I just love that. I don't know. I love the, see, I love the dynamic when Chosen came in because I was not expecting that because I came into the whole series blind. I'm like, oh shit, they brought him back. And I'm like, oh man, he's acting like an asshole. I love it. And just <laughs> everything he presented and then just that little hunk at the end. Oh, I, I think that I know, right? It was like everything kind of came back full circle. I love that part too. I think that whole arc of that episode kind of mirrors what the whole series tries to do, but it was all compressed down in just in one episode. So I really liked it. Yeah. Plus, I like the fact too that we haven't seen everything yet from Miyagi Do, and that there's a whole new aspect of it. You know, it sounds like Daniel was only taught defense. You know, he wasn't actually taught offense, and. Those pressure point karate moves that Chosen used on Daniel, I mean, there was a lot of foreshadowing. Oh, how bad how bad did you want to see him just finish off Crease? No, I, I want how I bad wanted no, to see, I wanted to. I really, really wanted to. I wanted to. to see Daniel honk his nose and make him look like a fool. And not I don't oh, want that would have been yeah, I don't want to see Daniel commit justice. murder. You know, because like, that would ruin the character for me. But honk <laughs> his he's kind of already done that himself. Honk his nose in front of everybody, in front of his own dojo, and look like a fool. Cause that's what that's what would stick with Crease the most. When Miyagi did that to him, he honked his nose. You know, Crease wanted him to finish him. He tried to punch Miyagi and broke his knuckles on the glass of the car, you know, a couple of times and Miyagi's just this old guy, just like not a care in the world. And I'll teach this guy something, but I'm not out for revenge. I don't want to kill anybody. I don't want in this, but I'll teach him a lesson and make him feel a little foolish for it. And that's what I wanted to see Daniel do. If Daniel's going to be the Miyagi type role and character, I wanted to see him do this. Now on the flip side, in season one, in the All Valley Tournament, when Robbie got injured and you saw Daniel talking to him uh, backstage on the trainer's table, and Daniel clapped his hands. You thought he was going to rub them together to get really hot and do that weird Miyagi thing to make his arm or his leg feel better. 
And then Daniel called for the trainer. And I loved that. That was such a good moment because I totally thought, okay, here, here's going to be a blast from the past and we're going to see this Miyagi magic trick. uh, But nope, I'm going to give him two aspirin and call for the trainer. (laughs) Yeah, and just to wrap it up, I think with Miguel, this comes back to a point I've been kind of saying more and more and more. We need live music back. You know, it brought him back to life. He started tapping his foot at, at a twisted sister. No, it was D. Snyder, right? Yeah. That Johnny Lawrence took him to, told him he was a terminally ill Try kid, make a wish kid. Got him through there. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and he came back to life with that toe tap. Uh, well, his legs started working. Yeah. I shouldn't the rhythm is going to get you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Live music needs to come back. It saves souls. I'm telling you. So any other uh, closing thoughts? I love the series. I cannot wait for season four to come out. Something that my family and I watch together. And I'm glad that my kids are now experiencing this as I did as a kid as well. So great show. I I highly recommend it for everybody. And if you watch carefully, it's going to teach you a lot of life lessons. And you're welcome, Brian. Thank you, Tony. End of segment. (laughs) We're on to pop quickies. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Conmen, K-O-N-M-E-N. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. I think we need to kind of detox a little bit from Cobra Kai. Let's do some pop quickies. Wayne, you got anything for us? Absolutely, guys. Here we go. It's time for pop, pop, pop quickies. All right, guys, we have another round of pop quickies. Yay! Yes. My favorite. <laughs> and Let's I, and do of it. course, we're going to do it themed. I try to make it themed to our topic, which obviously is Cobra Kai. So, the first question to you Mr. Miyagi obviously had a very unique way of training his students. So, of these four techniques, which one is your favorite and why? Wax on, wax off, sand the floor, paint the fence, or Paint the house. Hmm. God, I have to kind of think about that one. So wax on, wax off is the obviously the rotating yeah, motion yeah, left yeah. and right. Yep. And then you got sand the floor is similar, but it's going the other direction for the lower guard. You got paint the fence, which is the vertical up and down motion, uh, and then I paint think, the house is horizontal. You know, I think wax on, wax on is like that's what everybody kind of talks about, but paint the fence, I think, is something that that would have to be my favorite. Because again, you have to kind of it's all about the technique, right? With waxing on, waxing off, I, yeah, there's a technique there, but I think that, that wrist action that he has him do, that's kind of an important thing. You know, it's, it's you got to go up, you got to come down. It's all about that wrist action. It's all about kind of training your body to do something. It's about building that, that muscle memory. So, um, yeah, paint the fence just because I didn't want to pick wax on, wax off. Brian? Maybe it's just me, but I never thought that Miyagi had a good fighting style. I just never thought that it was oh, okay. That's not the freaking question, Brian. So, I just like, the question. Like, I remember the scene, because I just watched it with my kids, where Miyagi is 
talking to a tired Daniel and he's kind of pissed off that, you know, Daniel's doing all these chores for him and Miyagi's all like, okay, you know, paint the fence and, you know, just Miyagi's just going crazy on all these little things and Daniel's got the muscle memory thing going where he's making all these blocks and defensive moves. And I just remember looking at Daniel's flimsy little arms and his little wrists and thinking, man, if anybody was ever going to attack him with any kind of power, no wonder Johnny just kind of mops the floor with him. But if I had to pick a chore that Daniel did, it would be sand the floor. There's nothing worse than walking on a beautiful wooden deck and then getting a splinter in your foot or something. So as oh, far so as yours is more a practical. It has nothing yeah, to do know, with the technique. Like if it's it's just about your convenience. It's, I don't want spl- splinters in my feet. Yeah, <laughs> but you're missing the point of the whole thing. No, because he's blocking the kick, and I get it. But you know. This is right. I was not expecting that kind of answer, but just, I wasn't either. Just uh, like that, but I, that, you know what? I should have expected that kind of answer coming from Brian. You, you know, when when Miyagi tries to tell Daniel that the crane kick, if done properly, no can defend. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yes, <laughs> like what a useless move. You know, no wonder Johnny oh, sweat the leg. You know, like, oh. oh man, uh, I, we've had this conversation already over and over again. I the still crane feel kick, passionate about it. Yes, and is, the crane is, kick has is, its purpose Be- beautiful on tv one it won all valley man you that's know all i how, have to say how insignificant it was it was miguel's first move in that tournament and johnny just whispered it in his ear he didn't have to go practice on the beach at sunset on some kind of stump out of the sand for hours on end to get that move right johnny just went hey first move kick this kid in the face right in front of daniel and miguel did it flawlessly and didn't even bat an eye because it was nothing who runs up to anybody in a fight like that? <laughs> like, if you run up to somebody, no. you deserve to get kicked in the chin. <laughs> it's about your opponent coming to you. Right. It's about you. Uh, you are taking that energy and you are using it to your advantage. Yeah, take that energy. I don't know, and how, sand how, the floor. I don't know how many times I have to tell you about this, Brian. Sand the floor. <laughs> sand the floor. Just because I don't want to get splinters. <laughs> Go figure. I, right. That's my favorite. So yeah. I don't get splinters in my right. feet. Totally. I mean, it's practical, right? Who wants that? <laughs> Brian, you never cease to amaze me. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Oh, All right, moving on, moving on. All right, another question for you guys. When it comes to toothpaste, do you guys squeeze from the top, squeeze from the middle, or squeeze from the bottom? <laughs> wow. Boy, um, I, I have to admit, I squeeze from the middle. What you monster! I know. <laughs> what I'm a monster. Yes, I'm a monster now. So, I'm a monster oh, now. Oh gosh, it's like the toilet paper thing all over again. It's just like, <laughs> what kind of bathroom etiquette do you have? <laughs> None, obviously. Apparently None. not. Just, why? Why bother? Why, why bother? bother? Oh gosh, it's just. Uh, explain this for me, you Brian. You know, like I. This is weird. You asked me to explain it, and it's something that is so natural to me. I never really think so about. So I can, it. T- so I can take, I can take it that you are. You never answered the question, so you work from the bottom. <laughs> I don't know if I phrase it like that. Me? Well, <laughs> well, I didn't mean it like that, but yes. <laughs> boy, boy, Brian, you're you're delving too deep into right. that one. But you are you from the bottom? It's from the bottom, talking, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and now you're working from the bottom. All right. Yeah, you're working so. from the bottom. Is that what you're telling us, Brian? <laughs> yes, I work it from the bottom. But here's <laughs> soundbite. <laughs> Obviously, I brush my teeth multiple times a day. You know especially in the morning and at night. But 
I have a routine. I grab the toothpaste tube and I always grab the, the bottom of it and I run it along the ridge of the counter just to push up every all that toothpaste stuff into the upper part of that toothpaste tube so that when I finally unscrew that cap and use the mount for my toothbrush, I'm not trying to find it or, you know, it's almost like a nice pressurized Thing for the toothpaste. I mean, it's, it's it's so normal to me. It's weird for me to talk about it. It's, it's yeah. Kind of, you know what? I'm fascinated by this because well, it's weird. It's weird for me to listen to. Yeah, it's it, like I, I've, I've never had to describe it before. I mean, it's just something that's yeah, so but you every have to put day. On the counter? No, man, I, Brian. I you, you man, I can only imagine what's going up to I can the only upper imagine part of that I, tube, and it's just cleaner. It's efficient. And it's something that I can, like, again, I can I've, only, I've never I can spent only this imagine. much time thinking about it. God, but that's Brian, what I do. Now I, I totally get why you want to be lazy. I know why you want to <laughs> be lazy. lazy. You're bright. Yeah. You, you know, with, um, with all of your, your wishes and things of that nature, you getting force abilities to kind of bring things to you. I, dude, I, I get it now. I, I have get it. a very particular things of doing, you know, doing, yes, okay. I, I know. wish I could talk. I know you're I brain, have a very your particular way of doing like, things. And yes, and your brain is just like on overload. It, and, and if it, I don't it, do it no that wonder. way, it feels weird to me. It, now I'm, that I'm thinking I'm, I'm about just grabbing that tube in the middle and just kind of squeezing, yes. I mean, that feels, it almost makes me itchy. It feels weird. <laughs> like I'm thinking about it. I know the guys can see me on my computer screen, but like I'm touching my chest, like like it's almost itchy. It's weird. You it's could like, like break out in hives or something? I, I feel like yeah, I totally. might. Totally. I mean, like, wow. I Who I knew that there would be such a visceral <laughs> reaction yeah, to I mean, uh, your toothpaste? It's wow. weird. There's, there are certain things, and uh, apparently this I is one it. of them, but I'm very OCD about things, things that I don't even realize. Sometimes my kids and my wife pointed out to me that I do things a very certain way every single time. Well, and, Wayne, thank you for uh, and, and one more thing might, that he has be, to, uh, now he has to tackle in his no, life. No, I just, I, here's the thing. It's not even a problem. I don't think it's a problem. I, it, I just think like it's never been a problem. I will not change the way I do it, but you know, it's just one of those things. I will make sure that the toothpaste is a certain way before I use it. And I have clean teeth. Wow. <laughs> there we go. Wow. <laughs> I am fascinated by this. How we can spend a whole hour discussing toothpaste bathroom etiquette. etiquette. Yes, no, <laughs> no, no, just toothpaste. I just want toothpaste. Let's spend Let's an hour spend on an the hour toothpaste. Talking about the toothpaste. Oh, I, I'm fascinated. I am so fascinated. But uh, wow, I get it now, Brian. I totally see. I totally see you. I understand you on this whole other other level because of this one question. Wayne, you are a genius, my yeah, friend. Yeah, Wayne, you are a genius, but I don't know what Tony sees. <laughs> uh, that somebody you, needs some help. Yeah, you, you guys, so, well, well, that's a given. You'll need to be a genius to figure that one out. <laughs> you guys are amazing. I love hearing your answers. All right, moving on to our next question. When it comes to a plate of food. When you have something on that plate that is your favorite, do you eat it all first or do you save it to the end? I save it to the end. I save it to the end. I'm always that way. I'll eat all of the stuff that I don't really care about. And then I save that whole, my favorite thing for the end. It's just something that I always do. It's like my dessert. If my dessert is on a, on a, uh, a, a dinner plate, I'm going to eat all of the stuff that I really could care less about, but then I want to savor every single bite of that, whatever it is, whether it's steak, whether it's fish, whether it's macaroni and cheese. You know, I'll eat turkey on like Thanksgiving. I'll eat turkey 
before I will eat the macaroni and cheese because macaroni and cheese is that favorite thing of mine. Yes. So yeah. I am a little, uh, I'm a little uh, consumed with that. Yeah. You seem very passionate about that answer. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm very passionate about it. Brian, what, what's going on with you? You're, you're biting your lip. What's going on? Well, after the toothpaste question, I feel funny answering this one. <laughs> oh, oh, so we're in for a treat, people. We are in know. for a huge oh, treat. I, Wayne, you have this uncanny gift of finding things that are... These this is little my, treats and nuggets? These yes. are, this is my, my normal every day. So to me, it's not weird, but having to talk about it, I can see now why you might think it's weird. <laughs> wow. But, we'll, we'll find out soon, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, no, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm waiting on bated breath right now. I feel pretty confident about this. <laughs> You're going to find it weird. <laughs> I eat things a certain way to where it has to be portioned correctly. So I don't eat one item on my plate first versus second. I'll take a bite of one thing and then I'll take a bite of a different thing so that when it's time for my last bite of, we'll just say steak or mashed potatoes, it's usually going to be going around the plate, my last bite of corn or stuff like that. I kind of measure it out unconsciously that way, but I have been told I've done that in the past. Well, wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm confused, Brian. I'm confused. So if you have three items on your plate and you take a bite of one of them, and then I'll take a bite of something else on that plate just to kind of even it out. And then the third bite of the other item. And then so I try to finish each item around the same time. I don't finish one thing at once and then move on to the next part of the plate. And then sometimes. With, so what was the question, Wayne? So the question was. Do you eat your favorite, favorite item, item first? Or last? Or last. And and you know, Brian, I will support you in your answer because that's what I do as well. All right. So, what? Yes. What? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yes. So Dana will tell you right away. For example, <laughs> if we have breakfast, if I have eggs, yes. toast, and mm-hmm. say bacon, give you some of those three items. Mm-hmm. I will make sure, maybe I won't do it at, meticulously throughout the process, but I'll make sure at the end I have at least one bite of everything because I could join yes. it all together. Absolutely. What? That's exactly what I do. By the time I'm at the end, there is one bite of each. Wow. Sometimes if I have like too much mashed potatoes, I'm always mixing corn in with mashed potatoes, right? Sometimes, because it's easier for me to do that quick little fraction in my head, I'll mix those two together. (laughs) Get get the ratio proper. Are you that way as well? Absolutely. Especially when it comes to a meal where there's multiple... I guess parts so, or portions. Yes. I try to, I like, especially you if they go to well together. Ration so, it out. So, 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 so the question is though, what's your last bite? What does that look like? Is it a combination of all three together or is it your favorite thing or is it, it the just least depends on what, what is your, what, what is what your the last second bite? Of, the, my second to last bite was, if it was the second last bite was steak, I'm not going to jump back into the steak. I'm going to go back around the plate and finish it off. Wait, 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 but so from a technical standpoint for this question, yes, more exactly. likely more likely for me, I would save the best item for last, but it would probably in close proximity in portion of everything else. So it's right. not like yes. I'm wa- it's wa- saving it, it all for the end. I'm not subconsciously saving it for the end. I'm portioning it out in my mind. Holy cow. I am like, <laughs> I am floored. I'm speechless. <laughs> this is why I didn't want to answer it. <laughs> no, I, I, dude, I am fascinated by this. 
boy, we just need like a. And, and that's why I like burritos because everything is <laughs> <laughs> everything is consumed into one thing. <laughs> no, I do have. A, I kind of have a weird thing about poke bowls. Mm-hmm. Really? I have to. Yeah, I do. I, I have to eat the. I. Oh, I have to eat the rice first underneath. I have to kind of dig, and then dig in, eat the rice. And then save all of that goodness for the last. Uh, yeah. I, so, Wayne, Wayne is like, Wayne is trying to figure this out. So oh, the, with the thing is this, the logistics of it, like do the old thing where you just take the bowl and flip it upside down onto another plate. So with poke bowls, I no. have to make sure everything is mixed properly. Huh. Like I will take time to mix, mix, really? mix it up. Yeah. So I try to get a little bit of fish with every bite. And so that is usually a heaping gob of rice with whatever toppings you have on there and one piece of fish on there so that by the time the bowl is, you know, you have your last bite in that bowl, there should be some rice left and one piece of fish left Mm. uh, if I've done it properly. And usually nine times out of 10, if I'm really looking about it, sometimes I catch it. I've been doing this my whole life, so I don't even think about it now. Well, That's usually I know. You've, how said it, that, it you've said that several times about several of these questions. I know. It's that weird. you don't even think about it. It's weird because I, like, I, I've never talked about it. It's something that I just, I just do. But then when these questions come up and you have to think about it, you're like, <laughs> I hear, I'm hearing it in my, in my own head. I'm like, God, that sounds weird. <laughs> just weird. Yeah, sounds well, strange. Yes. That's the whole point of this, right? For us to kind of figure out what's weird about us and kind of just yeah. uh, move on, accept yeah. it, and move on. But I accept yeah. it. I accept uh, it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change, but uh, I accept it. Holy cow! <laughs> you guys are both fucked up. I'm sorry, but you know what? Wow, Tony Danis yeah. would agree with you. Yeah, so would Melda. Yeah, I'm. Jeez, yeah. uh, wow! What a brilliant question, though. Yeah, it was good. Well done, guys. All right, so we got one more question. Moving on. And surprise, surprise, it's going to be food related. (laughs) Oh. Our bread and butter. Food related. Pun intended. (laughs) When it comes to Oreos, (laughs) when you eat them, do you eat them whole or do you split them apart? My answer's kind of changed over the years. Oh my gosh, so is mine. Oh, really? I was just thinking that. Yeah, because I used to be a solid pull them apart guy. Yeah, me too. But now, now I'm, I'm lazy like, and I just eat them. Like, yeah, dude, I'm the same way. <laughs> wow. We found a food question that we're totally. Wow. Okay, I okay, had let me no ask, idea that was going to be Let me ask that. you this because I do do this. Did you try to pull them apart in a way where all the frosting was on yes. one side versus yes. the other? I, and then yeah, this is where I I could yeah. totally, if I had OCD, yeah. I could totally, yes, because that was always a thing for me. I wanted to make sure that I had right. absolutely zero Right, on you the, had to the twist top that it I twisted slowly, up. right, and you almost felt it in your hand, like you knew, and you knew exactly, you knew it, before you pulled it apart. Hell yes, and so, then you're like, "Fuck, I fucked it yeah, up!" Right, and you, you almost had to move throw on it away. The next one. You almost had to throw yeah. it away, <laughs> but then instead you were like, "You know what? Uh, no, I'll go ahead Nobody and saw lick that it off. It. I'll you're lick right. it off." Right. Uh, oh, you licked uh, it. I always scraped it onto the other side because I didn't want any no, on one side. No, 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 no. I would, I would just lick it, like, or or scrape my teeth on it and and kind of eat the frosting. So the question is, when you split it apart, how did you eat it? Okay, so like, like which side did you eat first? Either the clean side or the frosting side? Oh. I don't know. How did you consume it? I okay, would, so. Oh, go ahead, Tony. No, no, go ahead, Brian. So, I, I'm fascinated. Okay. One, if I tried to split them apart so that frosting was on one side versus the other, then once I had that, one side was clean, I always ate the unfrosted side first. Me too. Because I always too. wanted to 
hold, I guess this kind of goes back to your first question. Do you savor the, the best part for last? And in this case, I did because I always held and kind of looked at the, at the frosting as I was chewing up the dry frostingless piece of the cookie. And then here comes the treat. <laughs> yes. It was like, yeah, it was like, it was like the icing on top of the cake. Right. Yes. But then sometimes I would be like, I would, once I pulled it apart, I would then eat the frosting. I would just then eat the frosting. So you'd scrape it with your teeth? Yes. I, no, I would, yeah, I would scrape it with my teeth and then I would then eat the actual cookie parts together. So I've watched my son do this and I've actually had this thought, not out loud, but you know, just thinking my son will sometimes pull those, the cookies apart and then put the frosting halves together, like with two different Oreos to almost make like a double stuffed cookie. And then he'll eat the cookie like that. But in my weird OCD mind, I'm like, well, I can't have two halves without frosting because that's just two dry cookies. I don't want that. So for me to do that with multiple cookies, it's just kind of mind boggling. (laughs) Wow. No, I mean, yeah, that's that's how I would do it. But I would then I would eat the the cookie, the dry cookie part. Right. But every once in a while. I was like, oh, you know what? I worked so hard and it was perfect. You know what? I'm just going to dive into the frosting first and then I'll eat the two cookies. They're kind of like, yeah. Nowadays, I just eat them whole. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, I'm just like, I, I, could, I couldn't be bothered. Right, right. Just get it in my gullet, get it in my belly, and that's all I need. And then right. I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. Wayne, how about you? For me, I used to. But when I did, I would try to make it where all the frosting was on one side. Um, but... I might be a weird outlier. I'm not a frosting fan. See, me neither. If there's so, too much frosting, I'm not a fan of it. So oh, I, I, am. I can't stand the double stuff. That stuff right. is disgusting yeah, to me. I can't do it. And I don't you like, guys, what? I don't double like the stuff is where ones. it's at. Sometimes there's like a mint one now. It's almost like a chocolate mint frosting. Yeah, I, you know, all yours are like, getting I don't, too crazy with all yeah, of these different flavors. Yeah, I don't like flavors. that either. No, I, I'm not too crazy about it either, but double stuffed? Oh my God! Yes. Nah. Uh, and, and you know what? Much. I always found with double stuff, it was easier for you to kind of take the cookie off if you were splitting them open. Double stuffed is easier than doing it on a regular Oreo. So double stuffed all the way. And then once I got it open, then I would eat the double stuffed frosting, and then I would eat the cookies. Yeah. Gosh, that's just too much. <laughs> I love that. I know. Wow, this is cool. <laughs> You know what? I feel like our listeners learned a lot about us oh today. Oh, my God. I know, especially about the toothpaste. Oh, I'm still on that one. Jeez. Uh, I need therapy. Well, well done, guys. <laughs> Tony, close us out. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. Boy, do we have something in store for you next week. We are going to have our first celebrity guest on the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. You heard that right. Woohoo! You may be asking yourself, who is it? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to listen next week to find out. I will, though, give you a little bit of a hint. You might have seen him on the Fox show, The Gifted, or on USA's Burn Notice. He'll be stopping by next week to promote his upcoming CW series, Walker. You could probably guess who that is. As always, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. If you like the show, please, please. Please, please tell a friend about it. Tell two, tell three. The more people we get involved, the more we can do this for you. On that note, Brian, you have anything that you want to say? Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for being part of the conversation. We appreciate your support. And remember, 
without you listening to us, we'd just be talking to ourselves, and that'd be kind of weird. And that concludes this episode of the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.